So this is awesome. So Fit to Fight Fire is a brand that's uh, becoming very well known very quickly. And um, I'm sure you've seen it. You know, you've seen the stickers, the posters, and everything that John Spear has been doing with that, and with the brand and with the program. Uh, I knew John before it all, and uh, which is part of the reason why I want to have him on the show here is just to talk about what inspired it, what his focus is, what he's trying to do. And you and I have had these conversations before about like Shark Tank. Like, what's the goal of Shark Tank? It's you know to find a need and fill it, mm -hmm. right? So he has found a need he feels in a fire service that he's filling and uh and he's got to share that story of what it's all about and uh what the whole concept of fit to fight fire is and how it can benefit anybody within our industry so i'm excited to hear him talk about that welcome to flashpoint the fire inside podcast Featuring leadership and team building principles designed to ignite your inner fire and help you reach your full potential. On our program, you will learn from professional athletes, military and business experts, inspirational figures, leaders in the fire service, and other top achievers who have reached the pinnacle of success in their chosen fields. And now your host, international speaker and best-selling author, Frank Viscuso. John Spiro, my friend, how are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing real good. Real good. Listen, welcome onto the podcast. Uh, this is exciting because I was just on yours, which is a tremendous podcast, Fit to Fight Fire. But um, man, if you don't mind, just you know, introduce yourself to the listeners, tell them uh, who you are, what organization you're with, and then we'll get into uh, Fit to Fight Fire and talk a little bit about that. Sounds great. And first, I want to start off by saying thank you for having me on the podcast. It's an honor. Uh, as you know, you've been a mentor of mine for some time. I got a chance to see your class at FDIC. And you mentioned our podcast. And really, some of the things I heard in your class really inspired me to share the message that is fit to fight fire. You know, that whole idea of step up and lead. Mm. So it's an honor for me to be on here today. So I really, really appreciate it. Um, I've been a firefighter paramedic for 15 years, started my career out in South Florida, Boca Raton Fire, and I uh, did about five years out there. My wife and I, when we first met, our five, first five-minute conversation was that we both wanted to live in Colorado, so we made our way out here to Colorado, and I've been with the Aurora Fire Department uh, as, as a fire medic for 10 years, currently assigned to the training division. Uh, this is my 10th academy as an instructor out there. My, primarily res my primary responsibility is the fitness of the recruits, and then uh, search and rescue and VES on the drill ground. Mm -hmm. So through my career, I've always seen uh, fitness as primary for a firefighter. So to be in the position I'm in now at the fire department for the city of Aurora is, a, is an honor. That's great. You know, we had met, I think the first time we had met was at FDIC, am I correct? Correct, yep. Yeah, and I remember... I'm meeting you afterwards. You came up, we spoke for a little bit and that's going back several years ago. And, uh, and then I came out to Aurora and, and did some training out there and we got to know each other even better. I remember sitting down having lunch with you and we were talking about fitness in the fire service. Now, listen, that's a tough conversation to have, isn't it? About being fit in the fire service. Yeah, I believe it's, you know, uncomfortable and we have no problem talking about checking out your SCBA in the morning, making sure the rig is ready to go and, know all the boxes that we check but for some reason 
it is a tough conversation. I believe it's because we spend 24 hours together in the firehouse. And we got to get along. And mm-hmm. some of those other things, the expectation is clear and everybody does it. But when it comes to personal responsibility and showing up in good shape, uh, when somebody's not doing that, it's kind of a tough subject to approach. But I think true leadership and leaders uh, find ways to do that in a way that creates buy-in from that firefighter, hopefully, and begins to see some change take place. But no doubt, it's a tough one. Yeah, it's a tough one, especially when, you know, I ask people, do you have fitness programs? Very few departments that I spend time with have a formal fitness program or even put an emphasis on it. I saw uh, on social media, and I spent time out in Montgomery, Alabama as well, they have a pretty good, um, uh, I think, um, take on it where they, they value the fitness of their, uh, of their employees, but they also have contests and, and recognize them on social media. And, you know, I like that. I like seeing that. I like to see that it's, uh, that it's something that somebody's taking seriously. Your presence on social media is pretty spectacular. I mean, and you've done that in a pretty short amount of time. What do you think is it that is making people drawn to your message? Well, I think we're saying a lot of the things that people are thinking, but not saying. So when they see it, they connect to it immediately. And if we could tie an image to it and we could tie, you know, articulate a concept in a certain way that either strengthens their belief in fitness or gets them to move from an area where it's not a strong belief to a strong belief, Mm -hmm. I think they appreciate that. Uh, We really set out from the beginning to just be honest. We wanted to be honest about, you know, it's irresponsible to show up out of shape. It's no different than getting on the rig with 2,000 PSI in your cylinder. That's irresponsible. We would not tolerate that on the fire scene as company officers and chiefs. So how come we allow a deconditioned firefighter to get on a rig? So we really want it to be a place where people could reconnect to the purpose of why they do what they do, why they decided to become a firefighter, reconnect to the oath. And for those that already had that belief system, allow them to go there and strengthen it and make sure that they're on the right track and really give firefighters across the country the courage to say, hey, we need to be in shape. We need right. to show up in shape. And really, when you step on the rig, you're either a firefighter who increases or decreases the chances of success on the fire ground. There really is no in between. And we have all worked with those firefighters when they step on the rig. We're like, OK, we're good to go today. We're going to. We're going to do some good work if we catch something. And then we also stepped on the rig with those firefighters that we knew we were going to have to carry them a little bit. And the majority of the time, it's fitness stuff. It's a, it's a fitness issue. And what's funny about the fitness is if the fitness is not in line, usually other things aren't in line as well because like it takes discipline. It takes consistency. Right. So the goal was to share that message that reinforced that belief of, you know, it's irresponsible to show up out of shape. You know, people ask me uh, quite often how they can get people motivated, people that are lazy or complacent, how do you get them motivated to do things? And one of the things I share with them is a message that I've seen you share a lot, which is that simple concept of, would you want you rescuing you? Can you talk a little bit about that? So the word accountability and ownership and all that has been used a lot lately, and it's good. It's really good that that's something that we're willing to talk about. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, if you're in a room full of firefighters and 
you would pick another firefighter to go in and get you your own rescue or even show up at your own house to rescue your family, I think it's time to kind of reevaluate what we're doing. And I can't think of a better way to hold yourself accountable on a daily basis to say, hey, would I want myself rescuing myself? Would I want myself throwing a ladder to the second floor window to go in and, and rescue my own child? Mm-hmm. You know, we're all, we all have areas that we need to strengthen. I don't say this coming from a place where I don't have weaknesses. I have plenty of them and I, I try and strengthen them every single day, but I have complete control over my fitness, just like every other firefighter. There's so many things in our line of work that we have zero control over, you know, what type of calls we're going to run on, how many calls we're going to run on in a day. If we're going to be unseen by ourselves for a little bit, what type of resources we have. But the one thing we have complete control over is how we show up on that scene physically and right. also the skills and the training that goes along with it. So it's really a, a really strong way to hold ourselves accountable is to ask ourselves that question. And I have to ask myself that question. Hey, let's face it. I'm not motivated all the time. And that's where discipline has to come in. Hmm. And I have to ask myself, hey, what have I done today to get better? And if it's nothing, and I know I have to get something in, you know, we go back to that holding yourself accountable. Yeah. You know, I think it's a interesting thing too, because one day I was at home and I, I normally don't even like to tell this story because I still remember it, but my, uh, my youngest son who at the time was in kindergarten, uh, you know, I came home, I, I'm sorry, it was preschool. He wasn't in kindergarten yet, but I had, he was only going maybe about two days a week. I'd come home on a day that he was home and and I sit down, I kick the recliner up, and he says, Daddy, don't sit down. I said, listen, Daddy just worked a long shift. He just wants to sit down for a little bit. And uh, he says, but don't sit down. I said, Nicholas, just for a little bit. And he says, but don't sit down. When you sit down, you don't get up. And I thought, you know what? He's right. Because I'm tired. I feel kind of out of shape. I, and I remember talking to my wife saying, I need to change some things. I feel tired all the time, and I need to start running again. And... I went to work the next day and there was one of the guys who was working on our shift was running stairs. You know, we have about 16 stairs going up to the second floor and he's running stairs up, down, up, down, up, down. And I said, how many of these do you do? He says, oh, you know, I'm going to do 50 today. I started out doing 25. I went and grabbed my shorts and I started running them. And I got to the point where maybe about three weeks later, I was running anywhere from 50 to 100 flights. And I remember thinking, it's amazing how you can influence people, not even knowing you're influencing them, just like he influenced me because I'm at the right time where I'm looking for change. I know that I have to do something, and I see one of the members on my shift actually running flight to stairs, which inspired me to do the same. Talk a little bit about that. Talk about how like you're always influencing the people around you, even when you're not deliberately saying, hey, why don't you do this with me, just by your actions. Yeah, absolutely. When we're, when we're able to give people a view of the right way to do the job. We're able to give them a a vision of what that looks like through our own actions. It's a powerful thing. I look back at some of my company officers and firefighters that I worked with who influenced me in that way where, you know, maybe I want to take a break and I see them going out in the bay to do some training. Or maybe I want to take a break and I see them going to the gym. And it makes you feel now that you have to do it. Now that you have to step up, right. especially if it's somebody in the position of a chief, a captain, you know, where it's, hey, this guy's doing it. I got to do it. You know, that's the right thing to do. So there's so much power in 
that view, that example, when you sit there and you say, well, they put their, their pants on just like me. They've been here all day just like me. You know, they have the same challenges outside of work just like me, and they're still finding a way to get it done. You almost feel like being called out. You know, mm -hmm. it's yeah. like that visual call out because we all want to be able to keep up, if not be in the front. You know, that's just the way we are. That's the nature of a firefighter. So when you start seeing others do it, you're drawn to that. Right. And there's nothing better than sweating together and physically pushing together in the gym or in a training environment because that carries right over to the fire ground. Yeah. When you know you've suffered together and you've pushed yourself together and now you're on that call. There's that bond. Right. And everyone talks about the brotherhood and I believe in the brotherhood, but nothing says the brotherhood more than showing up prepared for each other. I think that's where it starts. I agree. Everything else is great. Helping each other move on your day off and building decks, all that stuff's awesome. But at the end of the day, it starts with us showing up prepared for each other. And when you see your brother or sister working to get better for the community and for for you to get home to your family, you feel responsible to join them. You yeah. know, that's how I've always been. Yeah. Well, listen, and I watch you, I see some of the workouts you do. Um, you train a lot in your bunker gear. And I remember seeing somebody post not too long ago, they, they wrote something on social media that said, you know, I don't understand why firefighters train in their bunker gear. Can someone explain to me how that makes you a better firefighter? And a lot of people were defending, hey, this is in our arena, this is our uniform. So training in that uniform can only make you perform better wearing that uniform. But do you want to touch a little bit on that more? Sure. So I'll go as far to say on a daily basis, our gear, our turnout gear is our most challenging environment. Fire alarms, car accidents, wherever we find ourselves, we have that restricted range of motion in our gear. We have the heat trapping that takes place. On a daily basis, it's it's our most overwhelming environment. Now, for us to be comfortable in that environment and to work at the rate that's required on the fire ground, we have to train in that environment. It's unrealistic for me to think that I'm going to be able to perform at a high level just in the amount of time I put my gear on during a shift. That's just not enough. Mm. And typically, I'm not at that level during that shift. So if I could physically condition, and this is really important, in clean gear, Right. Here, that's carcinogen-free, because when we sweat, our body absorbs six times greater. So clean gear, if I put that gear on and I begin to physically condition, and I recommend, you know, figure out what your air consumption time is. So for me, 25 minutes. So those workouts need to be right around where that air consumption time is, about a 25-minute workout. And here's what's going to happen. The human body is amazing. So when I moved from Florida to Colorado, my body adapted to the altitude. My body adapted mm -hmm. to that. Now, if I condition in my gear over time, that heat trapping, although it's still going to happen, the body's going to be able to manage it, not only physically, but mentally, because so much of our job is mental. And if in you're inside of a structure fire and you feel comfortable in your gear because you've been there, let's say you just do it once a week. Once a week, you get gear on. You've been there 50 times or more throughout the year. Then your new baseline of what it takes for you to get uncomfortable in your gear is much higher than somebody who never does that. And the studies are showing now is that when our core temperature reaches 101 degrees Fahrenheit, which will happen much quicker in a deconditioned firefighter who's not comfortable in their gear, we lose recall 
and pattern recognition. So you could have a student of the game, a firefighter who's going to FDIC training, maybe even really fit in the gym, t-shirt, shorts, and athletic shoes, but then they get in the gear. And I've seen plenty of these firefighters, good, good athletes, CrossFit athletes, and then they put the gear on and they're not comfortable in it and they're physically overwhelmed. So a deconditioned firefighter who's not comfortable in gear will experience some of those overwhelming things that happen in the gear much faster than somebody who is. And so much of our job is mental. Like, how can I push through how I feel? Well, I can't think of a better way to build mental toughness than putting that gear on, even just doing body weight workouts. I do them in my basement. I'm smoked and I want to quit and I want to slow down. And I don't want to go the full 25 minutes every single time, but then I dig deep. Then I make that deposit into the bank of mental toughness in that basement. And I never know when I'm going to have to draw that out. But let's say I made over 100 deposits in that bank. And now I'm trapped in a basement. And I have to fight my way out to see my family in the morning. i got to fight my way out to get my brothers and sisters out. I've been there before. Not physically there, but I've been to that point where I feel physically overwhelmed and wanting to quit. There's just so much value in it. Mm. A lot of times when you're, because you're at the academy there, and a lot of times when you're training for search and rescue, you'll have your members go through a bit of a workout first, right? Just to get them a little uh, uh, physically exerted and and uh, put them in a position, I guess, where there's more psychological stress. Is that is that your goal to have them perform in that environment sometimes? Yeah. So once we and we put our whole department through this training, once we are proficient in a skill, say it's forcible entry, and we have three different ways to force the door and we're proficient. Right. We then want to add some speed to it. There should be right. a clock tied to that because everything, you know, time is our enemy and work is our weapon. How much work can we get done in that period of time? It's going to make the difference on the fire ground. So we add some time. Once we add some time, then we want to add some physical stress on the front end, whether that's, we have them do, you know, 30 burpees, get dressed out, walk up to the door prop and force the door on air. If you could do that, that's like running against the wind, Mm. right? It's like running against the wind. It's running uphill against the wind. Now, when you get on the scene, you're going to be elevated. If there is some uncertainty on that scene, you do have trapped victims behind that door. Everybody at some level gets elevated. So now you're comfortable in that elevated state when you're forcing that door, when you're doing those tactile skills and you've done it before, you're, you're much better prepared. Yeah. Yeah. I can understand that. Now, let's just say somebody wants to, um, you know, they're grabbing a hold of this concept and saying, yeah, I definitely want to get in better shape. They can't train with their bunk out gear. Maybe they're, it's dirty. They only have one set. Their department won't allow it, whatever it uh, includes. They don't need to do that. They could use weighted vest. They could use body weight. But what kind of workouts would you recommend somebody do? Because, I mean, listen, I think the days of how much can you bench press, uh, I don't think that means much anymore, especially in, in our field. Yeah, that's hell. It's helpful to know that you're strong and you have uh, the ability to push a massive amount of weight. But I think we're also talking about uh, cardiovascular strength. I think we're talking about um, creating muscle endurance. What kind of workouts do you recommend uh, somebody do? This is a, that's a great question. And I just, I just finished writing something up for firehouse on this and the Holy grail, the Holy grail of firefighter fitness is work capacity. At the end of the day, the amount of work we could get done in a given period of time is everything. Mm-hmm. 
So work capacity-based workouts is what I'd really focus on. You still need to have strength, and you may want to have a couple of strength days tied in there. But when I talk about work capacity, here's a small example. Five pull-ups, 10 push-ups, 15 air squats, or as many rounds as you could do in 20 minutes. Real simple. Mm -hmm. And if you could add a weight vest, if you could add even just sweatpants and a sweatshirt just to get some heat trapping, if you don't have the ability to train in a clean set of bunker gear, that's your work capacity. You're going to get a measure of how much work you could do. Take it to the next level. Let's do functional movements. Let's add some 24-foot ladder throws. Let's add some strikes on the tire and start stringing these movements together to see how much we could get done in a given period of time. And when you really think about it, work capacity is more than just the amount of work you could get done. With our bodies being physically overwhelmed inside the structure, we need to get in that structure, do our job, and get out before we lose recall and pattern recognition. So if I'm a firefighter who could get a lot done in a short period of time efficiently because I'm physically fit, my skills there and my mind is ready, then I'm in and out of that structure and a lot quicker than somebody who's struggling through that structure right. trying to get their job done. So I would say always work with the work capacity. But I'd like to share one thing. The most important thing to develop before we even start training is the mindset. Like, what do you believe your fitness and your training, what do you believe it represents? Because until you get really clear on that, we're just kind of doing stuff just to do it. Because somebody said to do it. I like the way it looks. It sounds like a good idea. But until you get that really, really clear in the sense of we believe our level of fitness will make the difference between life and death for others. Right. That's our belief. So if I have a choice between sitting in the recliner, and there's nothing wrong with that. Everybody needs downtime. But if that time is the most time that you're spending, then that's a problem. But if you have a choice between sitting in the recliner and training, and your belief is, I believe my level of fitness will make the difference between life and death for others, you filter that decision through that belief. Right. And then it's easy. You're up and you're moving. And those work capacity workouts we just talked about are the, are the way to go along with some strength training and obviously maintaining flexibility. That's great. Now, you do some training at conferences because you mentioned Firehouse. You're teaching at Firehouse Expo, am I correct? Yeah, we're teaching a class called Increasing Fireground Performance. And it's based on everything we just discussed here briefly. Do you do any uh, examples of exercises or are you just getting into the mental preparation and giving some examples of some workouts to do? So basically what we do is we, we have three phases. We talk about building the mindset, right. which is the first, the first part. Until we get that right, nothing else is really going to follow consistently. Then we talk about being physically fit because it's hard to do that type of training where you add stress to a skill or a scenario if you're not physically fit. Got to get physically fit. Then we talk about how to bring that exercise into a training scenario so that you could on the front end, stress the body out, increase the vitals, heart rate, respiratory rate. We give examples on how to do that. We show some videos. We had something real simple. We put all our company officers on the rower, and the rower, their backs were to the rower. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I'm sorry, their, the rower, their backs were facing a screen that was going to have a scenario on it. So, they were rowing with their okay. backs to the screen. As they're rowing, they start hearing... Uh, the dispatch information. So they have a radio right next to them. So they're going to row all out effort for about four minutes. Once they get done rowing, they already have the dispatch information. They know where they're going. 
they got to do a radio report based on what they see on the screen when they turn around hmm. with an elevated heart rate, respiratory rate. And these guys are smoked. Right. And even just trying to call the building the right size becomes a challenge. So there's a small example how we could even do it inside of a firehouse. Because yeah. you get the video, which there's tons of them on YouTube of fires. And you, you don't even need a rower. You could do that with uh, some body weight movement. So that's an example. We give those examples. And then we talk about creating the buy-in at your own fire department and how you create buy-in and how you get people to get on board. Because here's the biggest challenge we have as firefighters. None of us want to look bad. None of us want to look bad. I don't want to look bad in front of my brothers and sisters. No one does. But our desire to be the best firefighter we could possibly be has to be stronger than our fear of failing and looking bad. So we got to get to that point. We've yeah, got to be well honest put. with ourselves. Like, why am I here today? Why did I show up to a firehouse? I'm going to get on a fire engine or truck and go on a call. Because I want to make a difference. Well, if I want to make a difference, well, then I have to be the best version of myself. And for me to do that, I'm going to have to fail at some point to get better. Right. So we, try, we talk about how do you get that buy-in in a fire department? How do you create that mindset? That's You know, one of the things that I've watched you do, because you're, you're talking about getting other people, inspiring people, getting people involved around you. I mean, you've built a, a nice little tribe, if I could use that word, of people that do get it. And and I think that you come in where where some people may come in subtly. Sometimes you come in and smack people over the face with that, oh, would you want you rescuing you? What are you doing to make yourself better? And people are responding to that. And I think that uh, that I can appreciate that about you. Um, what is the best way for somebody to get in touch with you or to get become a part of this? I'm assuming you're going to say Instagram because I know the presence you have there is pretty big. But on social media, if somebody just wanted to be inspired uh, by your post or something to, to motivate them just to do something today, is that the best way they can connect with you? Yeah, that's the best way. And that, that platform has been real a really good way for us to share the message. So we're on Facebook. If you just search Fit to Fight Fire, you'll find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Okay. And we also have fittofightfire.com, where you can reach us uh, by email through fittofightfire.com. Now, you're saying us a lot. Uh, who's your partner? Tom Johnson. So Tom Johnson is a captain with us at our fire department, and he just recently uh, left training and is a captain at Station 4. And it's amazing the amount of buy-in he got in such a short period of time. They're fired up. They feel like every time they come to work, they're trying to be the best. It's just amazing to see what he's doing out yeah. online right now. So him and I worked together at training for a few years, and we had very similar mindset and belief. And we pushed each other physically, which is always good. If you have somebody who pushes you to be better. Always appreciate that, and uh, he's a big part of Fit the Fight Fire. He actually launched our podcast. That was oh, all good. him. Yeah, yeah, listen, so Tom's Tom's on there as well. That's great. Now, you guys, you've done something pretty interesting. When we were uh, giving your introduction earlier, and I was just talking a little bit about you before we brought you onto the show, I was talking to Chris here about how when you watch the movie Shark Tank and you have somebody who comes in with a product or a service that they feel can uh, kind of fill a void or fill a need or a better way to do something. And they've created this product and they're 
and they're obviously trying to introduce it to the world. Now, there's a lot of people out there, and I'm sure a lot of people that are going to listen to this podcast that have an idea of something that they think that they can do or want to do to get a better result and help other people get better results. What kind of advice do you give them? Well, the first thing I would say is belief is everything. If you want other people to believe in what you're doing and believe in what the message is, the product is, whatever it is, your belief has to be over the top. And it can't be forced. It has to be something that's inside you. It's in your heart, runs through your veins. It's part of who you are. Once that belief is strong, you know, just start. Start. Don't wait for everything to be right. Don't wait for the timing, everything to be perfect. It never is going to be perfect. It's just not going to happen. Belief is number one. Get started and then find people very similar to you or where you're trying to go and study those people. Look at successful people, people who've had success doing what you're trying to do and study them. The blueprint's already there. Yeah. And I bet you if you reach out to them and you talk to them and you tell them, hey, look, this is what I'm trying to do, they'd be more than happy because people who are successful and people who are doing good things want to share. They want other people to do good things. We all do. So my, my encouragement would be believe, get started, and surround yourself with the right people. Yeah, those are three great things. And, you know, it's an interesting thing is probably the best advice I'd, advice I'd ever received from somebody with regard to success was get started and stop stopping. Yeah, you know? absolutely. How many people do that? I'm going to start, and then something distracts you, and then you stop, and then you have to restart. It gets harder and harder and harder to restart every time you stop, you know? Absolutely. And don't, don't stop because other people may not believe in what you're doing initially. And sometimes when they don't believe, they go out of their way to tell you they don't believe, right? So then they have, you know, the critics, the haters, look at those people as benchmarks, because if they start showing up, that means you're doing something. That means that you're, you're actually doing something that's drawing attention to yourself, you know? So those, that's, that's all part of it. And it, we're all human beings that could get to all of us, but if you really view it as part of the process, knowing it's going to happen and you're not surprised by it, then you just keep moving forward. And like right. you said, you don't stop. You just right. get better every single day. Everything you do, every book you read, you know, all the things that you do to become a better person every single day will will show up. It will show up over time. John, let, let's end on that. Um, I know that you're a big reader. Uh, can you... Talk about a few of the books you felt that have inspired you and helped you. Absolutely. And of course, I'm going to talk about your book. And I know we didn't, we didn't plan this, but obviously Step Up and Lead Thank you you. Know, was, a call, was a call to action for me. You know, it was a call to, why not me? Why can't I lead from a position of a firefighter paramedic? I don't need to be an officer to inspire and influence other people. Yeah, never so too small to make lead. a difference, right? Absolutely. So great book. Uh, it's actually part of our uh, lieutenant's test that I'll be taking. So that's a part of the reading material for our, for our test. So our department's totally bought in to all the leadership lessons that are inside there. Another book that's more of a story is called Fearless. It's about a, a uh, Navy SEAL named Adam Brown. And Fearless is a phenomenal book. I've read it three times. It talks about adversity and belief and all the things we talked about here a little while ago. Just an amazing story, an amazing Navy SEAL that not a lot of people know about. Mm. And Adam Brown is worth 
learning about and his his journey was amazing and then one more book is boys in the boat i've read it absolutely outstanding story yeah. true story and uh i'd highly recommend that one yeah there is a um a documentary about that too the boys of whichever year it was that they won i, I'm, I can't recall offhand but there's a, a documentary that i watched that's one hour long that's spectacular about that book yeah. but it's a very well written book and it'll capture your attention even if you have never rowed or been on a crew team in your life which i have rowed which made it that much more interesting for me but even if you haven't i think it's a fantastic book and then the other thing too is like we're doing today the podcast you know fill yourself with good information during your drive to work back from work whatever you're doing you can listen to the radio and be fed by the media and what they want you to believe or you can intentionally fill yourself with good information. There's some yeah. great, great information out there. Some great podcasts that we are what we consume. You know, we, we are, are what we what we put in our our minds and our bodies. So be intentional with that. Don't just feel like people reach a certain point in life and are viewed as successful on accident. They intentionally made a decision and then followed it up with action to get there. Yeah. So. We do become what we consume. You know, I, I was one time speaking in front of a group of a couple hundred people, and I had said, um, hey, let's do something right now. Because I was talking about the importance of educating yourself. I said, I'd like you to sing the theme song for the Brady Bunch with me. And I'll start <laughs> it. And I just started with, here's a story. And next thing you know, 200 people, my generation, 200 people are singing the Brady Bunch theme song. And at the end of it, I said, now, I don't know this for a fact, but I would venture to say that not one of you sat down one day and said, today's the day I learned that song. You learned it because every day that you watched that show, it just became a part of you. It, became, it went in your head and it never left. You consumed it. And if something's going to change the way that we think, I think we should deliberately put the right stuff in our minds so we begin to think the right way, if that makes sense. Absolutely. I love that quote, too, that says the next five years of your life will be most determined by the books you read and the people you surround yeah. yourself with. Yeah, no doubt. Well, on that note, John, I'm glad you took time to come and uh, speak to our audience. And I'm glad I can introduce you to them, which I'm sure a lot of them already know who you are and what Fit to Fight Fire is. But if not, I encourage you to follow John and what they're doing with this. And I look forward to... Uh, to coming back out. I had a quick stop in Colorado just last week, but it was just, uh, you know, as you know, uh, in the airport waiting for my next plane. So I text John and I had a good conversation with you, but I look forward to, uh, being able to sit down with you again, maybe at one of these conferences and, and, uh, picking your brain a little bit more, but thank you very much for taking time to be on our show today. Uh, it's been an honor and I'd like to formally invite you back on to the fit to fight fire lead yourself podcast. And, uh, in a couple of months, if you're up for it, I would great- love to. Yeah, we had a great conversation last time, and I know there's, we just kind of touched the surface of uh, what what that could turn into. So again, it was an honor, and um, grateful for the opportunity, and thank you. You're welcome. So, well, there you have it. I mean, you know what one of our goals is? It's to help people improve their personal performance, and and here's a guy that's that's taking that same mission that we're taking, just a different way. And I think it was pretty good to have him on the on the podcast to share some of his thoughts. What do you think? Yeah, it was a great show. It's definitely something that you know can help. Obviously, firemen—that's what the program's about. But 
that's certainly something that can help everybody in their lives and, you know, getting in shape, um, staying fit, just being a better you. And like I mentioned on the show, I mean, he has a tremendous social media following. So uh, anybody can go to, uh, and I would think Instagram would be the best way to follow him and see what he's up to and, and just get inspired. But if people wanted to connect with us, Chris, can you just talk a little bit about how they can do that? Yeah, Frank, really the easiest way, head right over to our website, fireinsidepodcast.com. Right at the top of the page there, you have a link to all our socials. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash fireinsidepodcast. Also, our Twitter and Instagram links. We're pretty active on all of those. Definitely also make sure you check out our YouTube page. We do some exclusive content there, kind of behind the scenes, um, extra stuff that gets cut out of the actual podcast, but some really great stuff over there. Check that out. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube. Also, if you'd like to purchase any of the books from um, either Frank or any of our guests, shoot over to our website, fireinsidepodcast.com. Click on the shop link up at the top. That'll bring you to our page broken down by episode of each one of our guests. And those will take you over to our Amazon affiliate links where you can pick up a copy. Also, wherever you're listening to us, whether it's on TuneIn, Stitcher, iTunes, stop by one of those pages, give us a like. Leave a comment. Reviews are always great. We'd love to hear from you guys. And that's about it. So I hope everyone enjoyed today's episode, and we will see you next time. 